This podcast is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is not an invitation to make an investment and should not be construed as advice. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of 91. The value of investments can fall as well as rise and losses may be made. In South Africa, 91 is an authorised financial services provider. With me is Wang Chang Ma, who is a portfolio manager in the Four Factor team at 91, speaking to me from Hong Kong. And I received a very interesting piece that Wang Chang co-wrote with her colleagues. And it's got a very enticing title. It says here, Oxtails, Can China Do the Heavy Lifting? And the first paragraph goes like this. In the year of the ox, much hinges on whether China can sustain its recovery and pull other economies out of their pandemic slumps. But besides GDP growth, investors can ride other trends that China will strongly influence over the next 12 months and beyond. As the Chinese New Year dawns, 91's investment teams look ahead. Wen Chang, it was a really interesting piece. And it's it's actually quite exciting and it's very interesting the way that China has firstly handled the pandemic and also how its economy has bounced back. Yes, absolutely. We're all quite excited about this piece and we think China is definitely at a great crossroad at the moment with a lot of very exciting new initiatives being announced last year and we're seeing gradually some more measures uh, of put, uh, being put into implementation um, to make those long-term targets happen gradually. So one of those would be uh, reaching the peak carbon by 2030 and carbon neutrality by 2060. So now China is setting its 14th five-year plan starting from this year. So uh, I think this would mark a, a important start for the roadmap of getting to that long target. And that plus um, uh, many other things as well, such as the ongoing reforms uh, in the SOE segment and the continued opening up of the capital markets. I think we are at a, a very fortunate and very important stage as investors looking at the China market. Yeah, it's very interesting as well because of the you know, the United States and what's happened over the last four years with the previous administration. It's its almost as though China is not taken advantage of it, but, but has certainly uh, assumed a, a more global role, if you like. I think uh, we need to look at what is being done. So I think the year of the ox uh, is, a, is a good one in terms of the symbol there, because the ox is an animal that is very, very industrious, it's very hardworking, down to earth. And I think that's the kind of spirit that we're seeing in China on the ground. So it's less about uh, taking uh, the the words out there and trying to position uh, to the world in the long term and, and, and uh, phrasing it loudly. It's more about putting solid targets, both medium term and long term, and really working through to get those targets. So I think we're seeing those happening. Wen Cheng, I think China has become a leader in what you describe as the green wave, in other words, uh, going carbon neutral by a certain date. That's very exciting. Is it proceeding quite rapidly? Because that's the impression that I get. Yes, actually, China has pledged to reach peak carbon by 2030 and carbon neutrality by 2060. And if we look at the target here, Europe has pledged to reach carbon neutrality, but between the time it reached peak carbon to the implied time of carbon neutrality, 
they are expecting to take 60 years, whereas China is expected to take uh, only half of that time. So that's clearly a quite ambitious target. And this long-term target would require a radical reconfiguration of China's economy. And uh, I think there are significant investment implications as well. So as we speak, China already has the largest renewable power capacity globally and nearly half of the world's capacity of solar and wind power is in China. And it also targets to almost triple that wind and solar power generating capacity by 2030. So this is an important path for China to reduce its reliance on carbon. And it should also help to increase China's energy self-sufficiency because at the moment, uh, about 70% of China's oil is imported. And apart from that, I think uh, um, electric vehicles are also very likely to take a huge leap forward. So the government has been targeting a 25% EV penetration rate by 2025, and that would basically suggest more than 35% of growth per annum until 2025. And China's 2060 carbon neutrality target would suggest most of the car fleet in China needs to be electric before that. So within the opportunity sets in China, so China clearly has a lot of existing advantages, uh, such as uh, it has some of the world's largest renewable energy and EV component companies. And uh, China also hosts uh, perhaps the most comprehensive supply chain in these industries. Um, so I think that these actually provide very important revenue growth and cost implications. So the emerging leaders from those sectors, I think, could potentially have uh, very significant long-term uh, investment potential. And uh, uh, those are the areas I think we would look for uh, the potential development, the potential growth areas. It's very exciting indeed, actually. I mean, as I said in my introduction, riding China's green wave is one of the contents of your excellent piece. But it must throw up a multitude of investment opportunities. Yes, absolutely. So I have talked about the uh, renewable energies components, electric vehicles components, uh, all those supply chains potentially provide very exciting uh, opportunities. And we think the best way for investors to capture those opportunities uh, of China's decarbonization target is really uh, by picking those investment targets uh, very carefully through uh, rigorous bottom-up analysis. So for us, we implement the uh, 91 four-factor investment framework. Basically, we combine an objective quantitative screen with detailed fundamental analysis, um, and that way we try to identify the potential winners of tomorrow. And we look for good quality companies that are reasonably valued, um, those companies that are showing improving operating momentum and are attracting more investor attentions on the market. Because these, in our view, are the type of stocks that uh, should provide long-term outperformance. What about economic trends? We've spoken specifically about the green wave, which is a movement that's going to be with us for decades and decades. But one of the pieces in your piece says the following, strong as an ox, economic trends to watch. Will the bounce back that we've seen in the last maybe six months, uh, once the pandemic has been handled by the Chinese authorities, do you think those trends will become entrenched? And if they are, what are they? 
I think China has made it quite clear that it has selected a green path toward recovery and also to uh, long-term growth as well. So uh, for long, China has been uh, growing very quickly and the energy demand continues to go up. So that is a challenge that China will continue to face going forward. So on one hand, uh, we're seeing that 85% of China's energy mix today still uh, actually depends on fossil fuels, especially coal. So uh, it needs to increase the share of renewables in its energy mix. And on the other hand, China's economic growth is continuing, and that is going to demand even more energy than today. So how does China manage to engineer that transition without depressing economic growth, that is a challenge that China must face. And also how to deal with the existing capacity and the potential implication on, most importantly, jobs and social stability, which are the things that the government holds very dear to its heart. Those would require, I think, significant political wisdom and execution power. Um, So, for example, now there are still more coal plants that are being built in China than the rest of the world combined. So decarbonization, uh, I think, is a long-term process, and that could potentially be highly disruptive in certain ways. It requires the transformation from policymaking all the way to production, to consumption behaviors, and that requires the coordination between the policymakers, the companies, and also individual citizens. So we have to be prepared. I think that um, there could be bumps on the road and some wrong turns even, uh, and these are the risks that we need to bear in mind as investors. Yeah, there are risks, but also, as we've said, so many opportunities. You say, above all this year, China will put itself first, China first, hence the dual circulation philosophy it has adopted, even as it opens its capital markets to foreign investors. And that opening up to foreign investors is terribly important when it comes to foreign direct investment and also portfolio investment, of course, which is proceeding apace, I think. Yes, I think for China, uh, the opening up of its capital market has been a consistent trend that we have seen over the past decade. So on the equity market, we have seen the launch of the Stock Connect program, followed by easing of the uh, quota system and approval system for the QFI and RQFI. And we have seen um, actually the uh, eligible list for the Connect program being expanded and the talk about actually allowing more derivatives being launched on the market, uh, on the potentially the Hong Kong market, to help global investors to hatch their A-shares exposure, which is the mainland equities exposure. So I think the Chinese government is uh, listening to the demand of global investors, and they're also putting China's interest at the center in the sense that uh, making China's equity market a more important, a more integrated part of the global market should enhance China's uh, resilience to uh, the uh, uh, potential uh, wrong turns and bumps on the road uh, within China's own economic reforms and should also help some of the Chinese companies that are building very strong local brands to potentially extend their market globally and to build more tomorrow's global leaders in various industries. So I think that will be an important part of that puzzle. 
Your final paragraph in your introduction says the following. At the very least, everyone will need to keep a close eye on developments. The ox has a reputation for being calm. And of course, we're just going into the year of the ox. But you wouldn't want to be standing in the wrong place if it suddenly changed direction. Is it going to change direction just very finally? Well, I hope not, but um, uh, I do not have a crystal ball. And uh, we have experienced uh, a very eventful year last year. So I think it just reminds us uh, that uh, as market participants, there could be uh, potential risks and we need to have a active, a diversified portfolio that is risk aware and to protect ourselves to leave enough safety margins. Wen Chang, thank you very much for your insight. That's Wen Chang Ma from 91 in Hong Kong.